It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. It is that time. It's our mock draft picks 21 through 24. The Pats, the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys. And to help us break it all down is our very own NFL front office insider here at ESPN, Mike Tannenbaum. What's up, Mike T? Good morning, gentlemen. How you doing? Mike T has uh, obviously has experience in this very position, from 06 to 2012. Jets GM got to the championship game, which for the Jets is like winning three consecutive Super Bowls. Come on, let's be honest <laughs> about this. All right, guys. Um, right out of the gate, the New York – New York, I, this is wishful thinking. See? The New England Patriots are on the clock. <laughs> and Mike Reese makes the selection. With the 21st pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the New England Patriots select Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. The chance to add a number one target is so intriguing for the Patriots and while they might have to wait for Williams as he recovers from his torn ACL and Mac Jones never played with Williams at Alabama this pick would bring a lot to the team both in the short term and the long term Jamison Williams wide receiver Alabama he's the best receiver in this draft on talent had he not gotten hurt he would have been way up there in the top five ahead of Garrett Wilson ahead of Drake London he's electrifying he's versatile he's a guy who loves to play the game he's humble he's a we and us guy which I love about Jamison Williams Mike T what do you think yeah I love it um but I just don't think it's going to happen I don't think there's any way he's there he's maybe the second player in the draft overall guys if he's healthy he is a game changer to me. He has Tyreek Hill sort of play speed. So love Mike Reese's idea. Just don't think it's very realistic. Yeah, I don't know how realistic it is, but, it, you know, ACL injuries are like fingernails broken nowadays. They come back. People come back from them fast, electrifying, very versatile. The home run threat, no question about it. The one thing about the New England Patriots, as you know, Mike, they love Alabama football players. They consistently select them or sign them as undrafted free agents, and I wouldn't be shocked if Bill Belichick found a way somehow to get this young man. Meantime, whether or not he's there, he's there in this draft, and we know funny things can happen in drafts, and if he's there, the Pats would not be able to pass him up, I don't think. Meantime, at pick 22, the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Uh. Packers, the pick that they got from the Las Vegas Raiders. Jen Lott is going to make the pick. The Packers select Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. Look, a lot of wideouts are already off the board at this point, but Green Bay cannot afford to ignore this position. He's 6'4", 208 pounds. He's long, a bit of a freak athlete, and he's shown that he can block as well. Plus, he fits with the Ron Wolf model, which is certain metrics, times, measurements that they like for guys at this position. Christian Watson, wide receiver, North Dakota State. 
Here's one of my favorite players in the entire class. Watson is 6'3", with 4'3 speed, vertical stretchability as a receiver. Oh, and by the way, he's so athletic, he started one game at running back and ran two kick returns back for touchdowns. He's still learning how to be a route runner coming out of North Dakota State, but Watson has potential you cannot find at this point of the draft. Mike D., what do you think? I like it. like it a lot. I mean, when you look at the Packers right now, Sammy Watkins, he may or may not have anything left. Lazard and Randall Cobb, so they're desperate for a receiver. They have to take one. Watson's intriguing. My only concern, guys, is he's not going to be Devontae Adams from day one. Keep in mind, the most receptions any rookie wide receivers had with Aaron Rodgers is 38. So this may be a good long-term decision. I'm concerned about how it helps him short-term. I think this is a great situation for the Green Bay Packers when you take a guy like this six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds, sub four three. It gives them the big body receiver that they certainly would be missing in this lineup. But yet and still, like Mike said, we're talking about a veteran quarterback looking to play with a ready made wide receiver opposed to a guy still learning the position. With the 23rd pick in the draft, it's the Arizona Cardinals and Gambo's making the selection. With the 23rd pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Arizona Cardinals select center Tyler Linderbaum, Iowa. Remember this about the Cardinals pick. They only have one offensive lineman on the contract for next year, just one. So they're going to need the help. And a couple of years ago, they passed on Tristan Wirf's big mistake. Tyler Linderbaum, center, Iowa. Linderbaum's a throwback to the way the center position used to be played, and he reminds me of Jason Kelsey. He's a little bit short. He's a little bit short arms, but he is agile, fast, and violent in the open field. He'll immediately make the run game for whichever team drafts him better from day one, and he has the instincts, strength, and athleticism to be very good in the pass game as well. Mike T., what do you think of Linderbaum? You know, he reminds me a little bit, Key, of uh, our old Kevin Mawai because he's really good in space, and I think that works well with uh, Kyler Murray and some of the things that Cliff Kingsbury does. But this team has a lot of other needs. I would have loved to see maybe a corner here, just given who the teams are going against. So while I like Linderbaum as a player, I, I think corner could have been the better selection. I do like Tyler Lindenbaum as a center. He moves around really good, great feet. You can put him on the perimeter in reverses. You can move him. You can do all sorts of things for him. I'd like to see Arizona at this spot maybe select a wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is getting a little bit up there in age-wise. You also look at A.J. Green. He's up there on a one-year deal. You certainly could find some value at the 23 spot at the wide receiver because there's a they're very deep, and you still got some good ones left on the board. Okay, at number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. This is the final pick of the day. They're on the clock. Pick number 24 in the first round. Here is Michael in Kansas City. With the 24th pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Kenyon Green, guard from Texas A&M. I think the Cowboys, one of their biggest concerns this offseason is definitely revamping that offensive line. Cowboys are historically known for that offensive line, and this is a great opportunity for them to rebuild it a little bit. Kenyon Green, offensive line, Texas A&M. 
versatile athletic offensive linemen are always hard to find and green gives you that someone who has actually started at left tackle right tackle and left guard he has the length he has tons of power he has the short area quickness to excel at the guard position in the nfl will instantly boost the pass game and run game for that new team mike d well i i like it from a standpoint of he is a really good player i think he's going to come in and gives them some flexibility on the interior offensive line. This is a little bit when they took Zach Barn a couple of years ago with Johnny Manziel uh, still on the clock, but this is a team that desperately needs another pass rusher. They could use a tackle, um, maybe even another corner, just given some of the things they've lost over the last couple of years, be it Byron Jones or um, Lyle Collins. They obviously lost Randy Gregory, which was unexpected. So this to me, that sounds a little bit of a luxury pick. I think there's some other players that could have come in and start right away. This is certainly a luxury pick for the Dallas Cowboys, and, and I like the fact that Kenyon Green can move. He can be a swing player. This goes all the way back to the Dallas Cowboys days of Larry Allen that played multiple positions on the offensive line. But with that being said, they need other help. They need help in the secondary. Maybe there's a corner out there. There's a safety out there, a pass rush specialist to pair with Michael Parsons because Randy Gregory is no longer there. He is now in Denver. So that's pretty much what it is for the Cowboys. And Max is happy they screwed it up, right? Yeah, well, yes, although <laughs> although I'm always wary if the Cowboys get a versatile and, and good offensive lineman. I don't want the Cowboys to draft anyone. I want them to just draft busts, not guys who probably are going to work out, but they rarely actually miss. All right, that is, um, well, tomorrow we're still in search of someone to pick for the Titans, actually. 888-729-3776. Call in 888-SAY-ESPN right now if you want to make the pick for the Titans and it will be played, your pick will be played on tomorrow's show where we draft 25 through 28. Hey, um, while we have you, Mike, would you – we mentioned this with Debo uh, earlier, but um, what would you be willing to give up for the Jets to get Debo? I would consider one of those high twos and maybe another pick, maybe a second round next year. Um, top 10 is a little rich for me. Uh, I agree with what Key was saying earlier because to me, the way the game's being played, guys, I want somebody with game-changing speed. Give me Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson. Debo Samuel's a great player when the ball's in his hands, but some of his production comes from the running back position. So what the Jets need is a dynamic playmaker on the outside that can win one-on-one. So I would keep the 10th pick if I was him. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mike Tannenbaum breaking it all down. Thank you, Mike. All right, MT. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. So, guys, this was uh, KJM Mock Draft Day 6. We obviously have uh, Day 7 tomorrow where we get up to pick 28. Then the actual draft. And then the oof. No. We've got to go down to 32, yeah. Jay. 28 yeah. and then 32, and then, yeah. then then we get to the draft draft. Yeah. yeah. We do, do the whole first round. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get back to the Nets getting swept in the first round. I woke up and I chose violence. The only way the Nets will ever win a world championship is if Kevin Durant becomes the bus driver. Number one, let me be very, very clear. I like the man personally. Steve Nash has to go. It's not about Steve Nash. It's not about Kevin Durant. The way they got swept is a, a lot has to do with Kyrie, and they probably wouldn't be in this situation on the 4-0 sweep. All right, we have Stephen A. with us now. First take, Stephen A.'s World on ESPN+. Plus. Stephen A., bigger disappointment 
Lakers missing the playoffs or Nets getting swept in the first round? Well, I would have to say the Lakers, Max. Um, and good morning, everybody. I would have to say the Lakers um, simply because they didn't make the playoffs. And they had Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James. And even though Anthony Davis missed half the season due to injury, LeBron James played most of the season, Russell Westbrook played most of the season, and they still finished about 16 games under 500. So I definitely think that when you measure the two and you compare the two, it would it would be the Lakers that had a worse season considering the personnel that they had available to them. Stephen A., help me out because last night I was wondering, I'm like, who's more of a no-show? Ben Simmons, who wasn't on the sidelines, or Kyrie Irving, who was actually on the court in her do-or-die game four? Well, I don't think there's any question that there's nobody in the history of basketball that's been more of a no-show than Ben Simmons. I mean, we can't, uh, as, 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 as anemic or pedestrian, rather, as Kyrie Irving was last night um, until late in the fourth quarter, the bottom line is at least he was in uniform. At least he dribbled and scored and, and, and actually showed up. Uh, ben Simmons, it, that's an unmitigated disaster. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Um, you know, he's lost the respect of so many people within the league. You know, people are not going to say so publicly, at least some of the modern-day players that are on a roster, but clearly they feel that way about him uh, to not even show up, uh, to make excuses, to find your way to wiggle yourself around getting out of the lineup. Basically, we knew when he didn't show up to play, when he wasn't available rather to play Saturday, if he wasn't going to play in a pivotal game three down 2-0, why were we playing game four? That's why Friday night when we were on NBA Countdown and, they brought, and Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news about Ben Simmons is scheduled to play for game four, I immediately said to Greeny, that's 72 hours from now. Call me on Monday because there's no way in hell I believe he's going to play that game. And sure enough, he didn't. It, and, and if you notice, guys, we've been hearing about the back injury over the last several weeks in Brooklyn, right? But yesterday before the game, we heard mental health again. Did you notice that? I did. Yep, mm. I do. I, I noticed it. Stephen A. Smith, first take host of Stephen A.'s World, exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. So I'm running it back with all of them, though, Stephen A. I'm running it back with Kyrie, right. Katie, Steve Nash, and Ben Simmons. Um, what do you say to that? I think you're wrong. I think one or two situations have to happen. Either Steve Nash has to go or he stays and Kyrie got to go. You can't have this, this particular assemblage together with Steve Nash coaching them. You know why? Because of Kyrie Irving and what Kyrie Irving said. When Kyrie Irving, before they, when Kyrie, when Steve Nash was hired, Kyrie Irving said, we don't really need a coach. Kyrie sat up there and was on the record and Jay knows this literally on the record saying, well, hey, you know something? Sometimes we can coach ourselves. So when you have that kind of mentality when it comes to Steve Nash and then we've witnessed the dysfunctionality that we've witnessed uh, throughout, it's not Steve Nash's fault per se. I mean, he has no experience, and so he just learned on the fly, or at least he got the job with no experience. And it's not that he can't coach or anything like that. He's learning on the fly. 
it's that they clearly supported him being the coach because he's deemed as somebody who will capitulate to them. And the reality is that that has proven. They've had three years. They've proven it doesn't work. You cannot have both. So pick your pick whatever it is. If you keep Kyrie and KD together, Cache, who has the Stephen A's reception going in and out. Stephen A, Can you hear we me missed, now? Yeah, we you missed that. You, yeah, we you say you, keep Kyrie you. and KD together, and then you cut out. I tell you, I'm sorry. If you, you listen, Kyrie. Listen, you, Kyrie. His personality is strong, and we get all of that. And he wants to do what he wants to do. You have to have a strong coach with cachet that can hold him accountable. If you don't be, have that, you can't coach, coach him. And if you don't coach him, you ain't gonna win. Who would be the strong coach? Then? Well, me personally, me personally, my choice would be a Mark Jackson, a Sam Cassell, who's an assistant coach. Well, or hell with it. Get a Jeff Van Gundy to come out of retirement and off the screen and go coach the team. you got to have somebody that can sit up there and say, this is how we're going to do things. You're going to accept it or not. But Stephen That's a, what we're going to do and hold them accountable. Doesn't a part of that start with the interrelationship between KD and Kyrie? You said the word capitulate. When is KD going to start holding Kyrie accountable and set the tone for what this team needs in order to win a championship? When, when, what do you what do you think that relationship? How does it? How do the dynamics of that relationship need to change in conjunction with the coaching aspect in order to get this team to win a world championship? Jay, will bottom line is this: from a macro perspective, from a micro perspective, it's Kyrie. From a macro perspective, it's KD. The reality is, is that even though Kyrie is the ringleader, this is supposed to be KD's franchise. And we all know that the only reason the Nets tolerate Kyrie is because of KD. So what KD has to do is step up and prioritize winning, not just prioritize him balling because we know how much he cares and we know that he's going to ball all day, every day. But it's not just about that. It's about doing what it takes to win. And part of that is making sure that everybody else does their job and they're held accountable. And one of the main things, it's showing up and being committed to showing up and not giving dudes a pass for doing what they want to do, when they want to do, how they want to do it. And I hate the word they because it's not fair to the rest of the Brooklyn Nets. The only person that has done what he's wanted to do, when he's wanted to do it with no regard whatsoever for the rest of the team is Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons is a different animal, and we know that's applicable to him as well. But basically it's about Kyrie Irving because he's the guy that Kevin Durant would move heaven and earth for. And Kevin Durant would shun everyone to favor his boy. He's proven that. So because that's the reality of the situation, of course it's on KD. And KD's got to be reminded that he's a two-time champion. He's a two-time NBA Finals MVP. And you walked away from an ideal situation in Golden State because this is what you wanted. Well, the responsibility of being the face of a franchise and the franchise player is not just about you balling. It's about you holding other people accountable to make sure they're doing their job. So a lot of this is on KD. You're absolutely right. Stephen A. Smith, the first take, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Stephen A., I'm sure you heard the MB sound. Kind of, I guess he was taking a shot at Doc Rivers' coaching style and, and the handling of James Harden. Are we getting ready to see the same things that we saw in Los Angeles with the Clippers and Doc Rivers here in Philadelphia? If they lose this series, Doc Rivers will lose his job. 
There is no doubt about that. They can't lose this series. Now, we can point to the ligament damage in Joel Embiid's thumb. We can do all of that. But I'm telling you right now, here's the problem, and Doc Rivers is fully aware of this. These guys want, meaning meaning um, Daryl Morey and Daryl Morey and uh, James Harden, they want Mike D'Antoni to be the coach of this franchise, period. And that's what's going on right here. So they can bring up stuff like that because, you know, Daryl Morey is one of those guys that's known, and Jay knows this, he's one of those guys that's known for catering to stars. That's what he does. And so he's made sure to cultivate a relationship with Joel Embiid. James Harden obviously is going to have a relationship with him. And they want Mike D'Antoni as the coach. So if Doc Rivers loses this series, he will not be the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers next season. I can promise you that. Everybody knows that. Certainly seems that way. He had a very good rapport with James Harden, not only in Houston, but when Harden was balling last year with the Brooklyn Nets, D'Antoni was on the bench, and when D'Antoni was gone, Harden wound up where D'Antoni left. I want to talk about New York and your squad for a minute, the Knicks, because I think there's a lot of decisions. There's a lot of decisions that need to be made in New York. And I'm watching games last night. You know I'm crazy. Up late watching the Utah Jazz get pummeled by the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm wondering to myself, all this talk around Donovan Mitchell here in New York, Knicks, is Donovan Mitchell the guy that you guys want? Is he the star that you want to build around here in New York? I'd love to have Donovan Mitchell, but it's a pipe dream. You're not going to get him. He's locked in the contract with the Utah Jazz, and the Knicks, unfortunately, have no assets to get him. Uh, they'll give you the song and dance about how they're going for him and he could want to be there and he could force his way out. I can't see how it's happening. Um, you're going to have to get a third team involved. You're going to talk about a lot of picks uh, being um, given to, to get his services, which means you're talking about Portland, you're talking about Oklahoma City, teams like that uh, that might have some picks or might have a Damian Lillard available and stuff like that, but he ain't going from Portland to Utah. So it's just one of those situations where, once again, uh, the New York Knicks engage in a level of cruelty so people like Jay Williams can get at people like me. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not as smart as, as Max Kellerman, who was wise enough to abandon the New York Knicks years ago. Um, he's done with them, and, and he's been fine with that. I, on the other hand, have been and will continue to be the sucker that I am because I, my loyalty to the New York Knicks knows no limits. I'm a diehard New York Knicks fan, which means that I'm glut for punishment. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer a lot continuously because they ain't getting a star anytime soon as far as I can see. I think it's the Bill Simmons rule. It's like 35 or 40 years with your home team, you, you get to give them up. And I'm 48. See you later, next. That's Stephen A. Smith, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Stephen A. All right, y'all. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. I woke up and I chose violence. The only way the Nets will ever win a world championship is if Kevin Durant becomes the bus driver. KD on paper looks like the bus driver, but he's not. It's been Kyrie. There's a shift that needs to occur in Brooklyn. KD needs to be the bus driver. And I think I saw it last night for the first time where it says, it doesn't matter what the hell happens. Get out of my way. Either you're on my bus or if you're not, get the hell off. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, Sarah Kustak, Nets analyst on the Yes Network, ready with us now. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Max. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Better than the uh, than the Nets right now. <laughs> Although a Knicks fan just walked into the studio. Uh, Knicks fans, the fact that they're gloating about getting the Nets being swept <laughs> in the playoffs. Laughable. The Knicks couldn't even make the playoffs. They got swept last year. They're still like living high off that. Misery Sarah, loves company. How, but but the, what's what's the disappointment level? You know, first round getting swept by a Boston team. Sarah, that ain't good. I, and I think it's just, it's not just what happened, it's how it happened, it's the way that it played out. Obviously, you could look back at the expectations heading into this year, the, the laundry list of adversity faced and challenges, and you could point to a ton of things. Um, why this was going to be a much more challenging postseason than you would hope, despite looking at the roster and, you know, looking at the players on the floor. Uh, but that's tough. It's tough. And, to think about the fact that you did get swept and give a ton of credit to Boston. This Boston team is the real deal. Um, Ime Udoka did an incredible job with the game plan, the personnel he used, how they came in and executed. You could see all the continuity in that group. But but I do think, you know, just the way things finished in game one, like you often look back at small moments and small possessions throughout the course of a series in the postseason, and you all know this better than anyone, like – it, the playoffs are a possession game. You got value every possession, and I think you could point to so many different instances through this where we just didn't see that with this group. And it, it's going to be it's going to be a long, interesting summer and a, and a lot of soul searching for a, a lot of individuals. First off, a shout out to Ime Udoka, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown for winning the game, winning the series. I actually think they're going to win a world championship there this year. They are that good. Well, good. But Sarah, one of the things that was glaring for me. In particular, the first, the first quarter last night, seeing you on the sideline, didn't see Ben Simmons. What is the latest with Ben Simmons? I, I saw him every other playoff game, but didn't see him sitting on the bench. Uh, how do they move forward with him as a talent as well? I don't know. I, I don't know. I wish I had the answers, Jay. And obviously, throughout the course of this series and the expectation, you know, we got – not that there's – too much practice time or shoot around time, but, but see him get back on the floor, see him start to do some things, how he was moving and the trajectory of hoping that he would get out there and play. And 
think there's a lot of gray areas of why that didn't happen. There's the physical part of it. There's the mental part of it. And those are things, you know, I don't have an inside track on exactly what's happening with them. So I don't want to speculate on, you know, on a lot of things. But I I do think to your point of we were surprised not to see him on the bench last night. I do think that's going to be an area of of taking a look at how, because I think when the trade happened, you know, I, I, I was, I'll speak for myself, look at his strengths, look at who he has been as a player, not have just the, the recency bias of thinking of last postseason and how it ended for him with Philadelphia, but just his compilation of the young start to his career as a whole and what that would look like alongside this lineup. Uh, but it, it is about getting back on the floor. It is about feeling comfortable. It's about the, the physical nature of it, the mental nature of it. And I think there is, is a long way to go. And I don't know if it's at this point of the season, I don't know if this would be a tough spot given the circumstances of where Brooklyn was at in the series that play into that. But I do think obviously that's going to be a a question mark and something to look at when you think about what this roster could and what moves you want to make, who you want to fill, um, fill it around when it comes to him and and the expectation of what you have with him being on the floor and being with this group. So Sarah, where does the roster need to go? What kind of moves do you make this off season to help them actually compete for a world championship? Well, I, I think, one, you look at who – I mean, you talk about, of course, the Kyrie Irving factor, Patty Mills, the player options that they have, um, what happens with that. My my anticipation is, you know, you're giving Kyrie the max. He wants to stay here. You obviously heard his comments in the post game last night and then filling in some of those other pieces. And, and there were some glaring holes, and you saw it a lot in the series. I mean, Bruce Brown, to me, is a guy that, you know, he, he's going to command more money um, – on the market and have a lot of interest, but he to me is someone who's been a pivotal part, not just in what he's done in terms of production, but how he fits and how his personality fits with this group. But defensively, I mean, the, the big, the big issue with this group was defensively and it was different last time offense and how they were able to score against anyone. And that wasn't the case. Um, Joe Harris being out, adding shooting, Seth Curry, struggles with his ankle he didn't quite look like the same person but what does your front court look like in terms of they just had different looks in their bigs and what they brought to the table nicholas claxton someone who has come along so i, I think he could be an important piece um but you you need some size you need some wings that can defend you need to look at where you want to play kevin durant and what position you like him best at uh, but so i think for a lot of reasons that there were glaring holes in particular in the defensive side of things for this group and how you're going to complement Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, if that is the case, um, in terms of ball handlers, creators, and who else can help make this offense, you know, generate some looks and some looks for others that it's not just turning into an isolation game. Sarah, we, we heard the, the post-presser with Kyrie. It took some, you know, took some onus in, on itself and, and took a little bit of the blame for how things were handled to a degree. Um, yesterday about the course of the season and into the playoffs for the Brooklyn Nets. But in the end, whose team is this? Is it Kyrie's team or is it Kevin Durant's team? Who Who's the owner of the team? I mean, to, to me, it it is, it should be, it needs to be Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is the one who makes this thing go. Kevin Durant is is the guy and the player. And I think when you look at Kevin, his love of the game, his 
love to play all of these things, who he is as a player, but I think he's got a unique personality and he wants to show up and hoop. And he, he showed a, a level of leadership throughout the course of the season um, and how he communicated guys with what he demanded. But I do think there's a different level and a authoritative nature that he can bring to the table, especially when you're talking about competing for a title. Um, that's a part of it. And he, it was like such a, I mean, you guys know this, you're following it. Like it was just, it was such a choppy year. It was one thing after another, but I think for as much as we looked at the Kyrie and the, the mandates and the lack of availability and all those things going on um, that factored in like Kevin Durant missing the 20 some games and being injured and not being able to play. And that's when things really started to unravel for this group in terms of how they dropped in the standings. Um, so I, I think, you know, for Kevin, like it, it it is his team, but it needs to continue to be in his mindset to grab hold of exactly what it looks like and exactly how everyone is following his lead in terms of their approach to the game. Sarah, great talking to you today. Thanks for jumping on with us. You guys are the best. Have a good one. All right, Sarah. Yes, we are the best. Yes, network analyst. Guys, um, the gift of the year in the NBA. I think that's safe to say. That's next on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Got a really weird call from the wife. I'm sitting yeah. there. Uh, I'm on my way back after work. And uh, she's like, honey, I just got a call from the, uh, the teacher at Millie's school. And uh, I'm like, what's going on? My daughter's school. I'm like, what's going on? And uh, she's like, well, this is awkward. I'm like, all right, just tell me what's going on. She's like, well, a lot of the kids were um, putting their fingers in their butts and smelling it. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? 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 Uh, what? What, do you, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, and, our, and Millie was participating and everybody was doing it. It's was, it was just a really awkward thing, so we should talk to her. Three and a half. Hey, yo! And I'm like, how do you, I, 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 so I asked my, I'm like, how do you have a, how do you, how do you talk to your dog? How do you do that? Yeah. I don't, I never thought as a dad I would ever be in this uh, situation. Very yeah. awkward time. Very mm-hmm. awkward conversation. Mm-hmm. So I tried to talk you to her. You have to have the old, don't do that Don't, talk. don't, is that, is that the kind of, I don't know. Uh, it's my first, you know, being like a parent having talks, this conversation. So certain talks in life, you have key, to say, hey, don't put your, don't, yeah. don't put don't anything Don't put your finger in your <laughs> so, I never heard of that talk, but anyway. As a parent, I would thought you would get that at three and a half years old, but apparently you do not. Yeah, for sure. What, what, when she poops, what do you call it? Poop. Uh, go poop. Go number stinky, two. Go poop. Stinky, stinky, no, something just like poops. that, right? Yeah, she says okay, poops so, in the S. Go poops. So you just go, you say poo-poo, no good. You just tell her <laughs> like that. Well, Find she's three no and a half. She speaks English. <laughs> You're talking to her like, like an well, alien still, or something. That's, but that's where I'm you lost, Kim. Like, do I have a real kind no, of like an adult still, conversation with my three and a half year old who understands yeah, just tell it like that? Na- but, yeah, tell her it's nasty and it, it's stinky. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah. well, obviously, I, I tried to articulate that, I but she's laughing. Stinky is part of the 
point, right? They're it's curious. Like you have to say, do, you have to say, no, you have dirty, to tell like them. it can make you sick, that kind of stuff. But yeah, like, all, all that. the kids yeah. are doing it, Daddy. It was so much fun. I'm like, no, it's not. I don't want you to associate fun with that. No. Or, or no. hey, I You're understand three, no, why no. at that age not like, you and your friends are <laughs> figuring laughing. things out and learning <laughs> things and trouble. But that's not something we do. So awkward for me. Yeah. So I'm like, where, yeah. you know me, I'm like, were there any boys around? Were any boy, they, uh, I'm, just no, ready, I'm just, ready to smack guys right now. That's where I'm at. I'm very protective stinky, of my daughter. Man. Yeah. Yeah. This stinky. is awkward. Yeah, it was an awkward time. So I didn't really know how to handle it. Figured I'll bring it on air. See if you guys can give me So that's advice. something you shouldn't do. I'm just, I'm learning this oh, now. Oh, okay, my no. God. Uh, yeah. That, Key, come and, get this man. By three and a half, I think. Come, you get, come get your you man. probably know that. But it's Ooh. also interesting how. Max. How, <laughs> what Max how, do now? It's it, that kind of behavior in a social group is kind of contagious, right? Like one kid starts yeah, doing it. Yeah, contagious with equal it starts, to, it starts to be the thing to do, apparently. Yeah. Germs, it's nasty. Yeah, he no, talks about germs Max, running. Max, go wash That's your hands. Running. Yeah. Oh, we, I washed her hands. I washed, we washed everything. No, I'm saying, Max, go wash his hands right now. I, I wash my hands all the time, except for one time I sneezed right in my hand and didn't wash it and pretend that I did. That's Meanwhile, true. my son. He busted me. My son. Bah. 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 We are back in 10 seconds exactly. Please never tell a story like that yeah, again. Jim. Awkward. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends, and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off. With everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life. Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. Yeah, I'm going to be even extra tan as I go to cover the NFL draft this week Ooh. from Vegas. So the good thing and the bad thing is it's not going to really be Vegas for me because I'm going there working. And because I have the show with you guys so early in the morning, I can't, you know, yeah. can't really turn it in. Max, you know how that goes. Lies! <laughs> if anything were to take place... It will be after tomorrow's show. So, yeah. I will get a nap. Yeah. And then I got it. about a five-hour stretch yeah. where I can kind of do a little, you know, lay a day party or something. Yeah, yeah lay by the pool, yeah. reply some yeah. emails. Toes yeah. out, get my yeah. nails done, whatever, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. I knew you was going to give us the blueprint. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. It is Choose Your Own Adventure Time. You voted at Key J. Max on Twitter. On Elon Musk's Twitter now, apparently, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Man, I'll tell Per share is going up a lot. Get in now. What should Freedom we talk speech. about? And almost 30% of you said Jaws Gift. 
to Bane. I mean, that sounds like the chapter of a Ooh, of a. That, yeah, it sounds like a, a Star Wars Rebels episode that I watch with <laughs> my kid. Jaws gift to Bane. <laughs> Jabba like, the what Hutt? is this about? Jabba the Hutt and Bane are Jaws meeting. Jaws gift to Bane. Yeah. Batman and Star Wars combined. Yeah, Jaws gift to Bane. Uh, Jay, what do you think? I, <laughs> what do you think? Well, Max? I mean, like, Max, it was what do you think? This is what I think. I think <laughs> that look, you know, uh, Jaw one most improved player. And he's on to bigger and better things. He and shouldn't he be able to qualify for most improved player. You're top three pick, man. Yeah. You're in the MVP conversation. This, first of all, you're not allowed to improve the whole thing if you're about a top the award. three pick. And Gates, I'm with you at the beginning of this whole conversation. Why the damn awards so small all the time? Can we get some big awards? They're downsizing the awards, and that's a whole other question that I have because they okay. gave this man, Ja, a glass ball. A, gla- a glass ball? Glass That's what most ball. improved gets now. A glass ball. A yeah, glass what ball. else are they supposed to get? Uh, the big a glass ball. Hey. You're so improved, dribble this. Let's see. Take this ball off glass. Like, what? I'm taking Man. this glass ball and I'm you going got, home. You got a lot of trophies at home, Jay and, and Yates. Y'all see how to – that's what they give you. They give you all the little crystal glass little thingies and – that's nah, what they Keem. do. Nah, Keem. My what defensive player of the year trophy is nah, not your size. Like, I, I need everything to look like the MVP trophy, man. It looks at like, least, at least it looks like Baker's statue, huh? At least somewhat close. And if I'm Desmond Bain, I'm taking that thing, that damn thing, right back to Josh's house. Said, man, don't don't disrespect me by giving this to me. Like I'll get it on my own. I don't need you to gift it to me. You know what I mean? No, Max, you don't know what I mean. I do. Well, I could see where Desmond Bain. I I was just letting you finish. I I I could see where Desmond Bain would be like, listen, this dude's on to the MVP. Now I got to get his old MIP. What is this, a hand-me-down? What am I, his little brother? But that's not how it was meant. Ja was just, Ja was saying, like, look, you deserve this. You are an up-and-coming player. I mean, he is. I mean, that, we're, we're going to see. I, I think they play tonight. We're going to see what they are about tonight, obviously. The, the Memphis Grizzlies team is one that is so intriguing to me. First off, Ja, you got to stop with all the barking. It's time for me to see you bark on the court. And your team bark on the court. Because uh. Carl Anthony Towns and those guys gave it to you last time they played. So now it's like, be the team that we've seen you be throughout the entire year. I, you know, I hate to b- break this whole thing up, but we had some something that verges on breaking news on this show to me, guys. Key, Jay, do you recall a certain Jay Wright on this program just a little while ago, two-time national champion, head coach, when we asked him if he was interested in coaching in the NBA? Yes, I do. Well, this is what he said. Not right now. Like, I, that was something I, you know, I always thought about. My experience with the Olympics kind of scratched that itch. It gave me so much experience with those guys. You know, last summer with Coach Pop and Steve Kerr and Ime Doke and, and all those guys and Kevin Durant. And, you know, we were together. We, we did that some years before that with the World Cup. That was so awesome. Like, I kind of feel like I did it a little bit, I, and I love coaching those guys. Right now, I definitely need a break. <laughs> right now, I'm looking forward to this position at Villanova. But I don't feel like down the road, I'd be lying. I don't know what I'm going to feel like. I know I made the right decision. Yes. Because I don't think going into next year, I'd be able to do the things I need to do to keep this program at a high level. But I, I'm going to take this year and really throw myself into this position at Villanova and then see what's out there. I just didn't want to be the coach of Villanova and not be 100% in. Yeah, coach at Villanova, 100% in. Didn't say coach of an NBA team. Say it right now. Right now is April. By the time you roll around to June, July, you know what I'm saying? Tom Brady effect. Oh, I recharged my battery. I'm just watching it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, he going to get paid a lot of money somewhere. A lot of money somewhere. 
And if you're if you're an NBA team in particular, the Lakers might be hard key, just because oh, they're going to be. They might it be might hard, be. Uh, just because of the security that they will probably want to come along with LeBron James and some of the moves they need to make with Russell Westbrook if they decide to make any moves and some of the other pieces. But well, Jay Wright's going to be head coach in the NBA one day. I mean, sure. no, listening but, but, to but him you, talk, it's pretty obvious that he has not. I, when he says, that's how I feel now. Uh, right yeah, now. I mean, April. I mean, if uh, that's, he's going to be a head coach in the NBA. And, Key, when you ask him the question, I mean, because we went right into the sound, it was the whole little second or two before he even got into his answer because he was like, uh, 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 there was that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, I'm on the fence. Absolutely. I'm, yes. But I always love when coaches say, right now that doesn't mean tomorrow that just means right now see i'm gonna feel different in may than i do in april or i might feel different in june than i do in april in july you know what i'm saying as time go by you sit out for three four months you just chilling but you having conversations with people your Mm -hmm. agent is having conversations with people hey can you just ask him to meet with us jay just give us 20 minutes of his time. You know, we we got this position that just opened up because we got bounced out of the playoffs. And it's just, you know, we really we really want to revisit this thing with you, Jay. Just give us five. The interesting thing, too, is Final Four appearance, two national championships. Coach K retires, does a whole big thing about it. This comes out of the blue right when he seems to be about to be anointed. Now the best coach in college basketball that Coach K has retired I, at 60. Like, it's always like, oh, he's the younger guy, but with the, with the gray hair, right? But no, but he's 60. At 60, how many years can he spend out of the game before some of that shine comes off a little bit or the heat comes off a little bit? It sounds to me like in the next how many months are we talking about before, Jay, before there's an announcement, Jay Wright's going to be coaching something? I mean, he has a good year. If he right, wanted 12 to months, probably, 6 months, 18 months. Year. He could take a year. He probably could do two years. Two years, right. So eight, max, max So 18 years. months from now, an announcement comes on the outside. What about on the inside? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the, like, what's the shortest amount of time? Well, I think he's still – I'm curious to see what his salary is. It's not a money thing, but I, I think it has to be the right situation for him, right? So you just see what the landscape is. So as all these pieces continue to move – you see which one gives you the best success rate. I'll say something right now. It's never a money thing till it's a money thing. Always, key. In the next eight weeks to 18 months, there'll be an announcement. (laughs) Right? Somewhere in that window. Way to go out on the limb. Well, I'm saying in the next. Right, but in the next. So arbitrary. But that's coming. Like, let's start whittling it down. Could you whittle it down to more? And that's a 16-month window. I just gave you. But I just gave you, Max. I said, this is April, right? I feel a certain way. By the time we get to June and July, I've had time to exhale and inhale and then exhale again and chill with my wife and hang out and a couple buddies of mine. Now I'm also talking to Pop, and I'm also (laughs) talking to coaches that I've coached with and Kerr and all these different guys. When's the announcement coming, Keith? You should get in here. When's the announcement coming? Three months, four months? Key, real talk? San Antonio might be a spot. Yeah. Summer. If Pop, re- if Pop Summer. retires, I'm just saying, that's an interesting – that's a first-class organization, R.C. Buford, the way they run that ownership. Like, and, that would be a perfect Jay Wright scenario. And what if And what if all of a sudden Steve Nash is out? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.